Welcome to Think Smart, Act Smart, a project of Partners in Shaduchim. At Partners in Shaduchim, everyone, singles, family, and friends, are networking using the Partners in Shaduchim platform to make matches for themselves or for singles that they know. If you know a single, refer a friend today. Today's episode is an interview with Mr. Yeshaya Kraus. Mr. Yeshaya Kraus is a licensed clinical social worker and in private practice working with couples, parents, and individuals. He also works as the Associate Director of Education for Shalom Task Force, working with the firm community to raise awareness of domestic abuse's reality and what we can do to, to help healthy relationships thrive and grow. Good morning. Hi, good morning, Gloria. Thanks so much for having me on. A pleasure. What brought you to work for the Shalom Task Force, Mr. Kraus? So it's interesting. I mean, I guess to answer that question properly, you have to go a little bit further back. About 10 years ago, I was uh, looking to leave yeshiva and uh, find something to do for Parnassa. And one of the options that came up was being a social worker. And ultimately, what led me to decide on that was the idea of working with couples. Marriages, relationships, it's something of, which I, I'm very passionate about. And I think Shalom Task Force really looks at relationships from an angle that many people don't really consider. You know, it's one thing to think about a couple's counselor, somebody who you have a couple, and they come in and they talk about whatever's going on and they leave and they're all happy. But then you have some couples who, for them, that's not nearly that simple. You know, the idea of supporting somebody who's in an abusive relationship, of helping them to find the safety that they need, and helping them to hopefully come to a place in their life where they're able to engage in a healthy relationship, one which is emotionally supportive, one which is a place of safety and personal growth. It's just a, it's a very, it was a very powerful idea for me. What's it like working for Shalom Task Force Agency, which works primarily on supporting abuse victims in the film community? It's, it's a real eye-opener. It really is. Just to, to, to kind of contrast, like when I first went for the, for the mental health clinic that I was working in for years and years, I was straight out of yeshiva and my first client basically had a checklist of every single issue you will not encounter as somebody who's in call. And I remember sitting with this person and thinking, oh my gosh, thank God I'm not him. So it's, it's a real eye-opener. It really is a you know, immunity that just doesn't pay as much attention to and certainly isn't considered general knowledge about um, domestic violence. And I will say that that uh, working, working in Shalom Task Force uh, with the people who I work with to provide this kind of support network and to provide the kind of programming that is geared towards providing education to the, to the community about domestic violence, it's a very rewarding, fulfilling role to play. It also, I think, makes you appreciate... You can explain why. What, what, in what regard do you mean by, by fulfilling, if you can be more f- specific about well, that? Yeah, sure. Um, so, I mean, you, you'll, you'll, see, you'll see everyone. So, first of all, like, really does make you much more aware of your own relationships. Uh, so, like, when, you're work- when you're working in situations where you're meeting with people day in and day out who have, have, um, have gone through such a terrible time, it really makes more grateful for the good things that you have in your own relationships. So, very fulfilling. And beyond that, I mean, the idea of you know one of the stories that we tell is about somebody who has called into the hotline and said that they're currently they're married and they're in an abusive relationship and they need to get out. And the way that they realized that there was a way out was because they remembered that in high school. They had a program that came to their high school and spoke to them about all the potential red flags in a relationship. They, and, and that's how they knew how to reach out. So knowing that we're the people who are giving these individuals who are in these kinds of situations 
kind of not just the hope that there is a way out, but the address to go to in and of itself can be very fulfilling. You know, even programs that address the formation of healthy relationships as well. Like currently, we ju- we're almost finished with a uh, discussion group, an online discussion group um, for young men in Shadokhim. We just started actually the, uh, the cohort for young women last week. And seeing how people can really start to think about their relationships and start to be mindful about their relationships. Getting married doesn't have to be just kind of a check on, on the list. It's something that you can go into mindfully and you can go into thoughtfully to really set yourself up for success in these relationships. So it's more than just about avoiding disaster, which Baruch Hashem helps people to be able to do. It's also about setting young people and older people up for success and being able to really create and sustain relationships that, that are going to be a real, a, a real lifeline throughout their entire lives. Could you elaborate on what kind of programs you have at Shalom Task Force geared specifically for singles? Sure. So we have the whole slew of them, actually. We can start from the bottom up. The education department, for a very long time, has been going into Beit Yaakov to high schools and talking about just domestic abuse awareness and helping young women to understand what the red flags are of an, of an abusive relationship, what it might look like, helping them, for presenting information to them to encourage them to be more aware of their own feelings within relationships. But when it does come time to get into Shaduchim, they'll be able to be more mindful of themselves and create the relationships that they want to and avoid the relationships that they don't want to get themselves into. We've also started going into some boys' high schools as well across the spectrum, which has been with very similar information. For older singles, we've gone into, uh, we've, got, we've done some post-high school settings that we've presented to about the Mandrush. We've presented to colleges on college campuses talking about relationships, about domestic abuse, about communication skills, about dating mindsets. And then we have the programs that I just mentioned, the, the online dating discussion group, which is very interesting to see that unfold as well. Giving is, that divided, people, is that divided by gender or can you? Yeah, is it a mixed crowd that joins? No, so that's divided by gender. We have the, uh, the men's cohort and we have the women's cohort. And we just finished up the pilot program with the men's cohort. And it was very interesting. You know, we, we went in there with like a few basic topics that we felt were important to discuss with people in Shaduchim, the participants really came forward and were able to discuss these issues and come to new perspectives and share new perspectives. And what I, what I really like about this is that even though it's a separate seating, so to speak, we have the men's cohort and then we have the women's cohort running parallel, so you don't have the men or the, and women interacting, but we do have, which you have people from different backgrounds who are on the same call. So you'll have somebody maybe from a more yeshivish background and you'll have somebody from a, from a YU background, you'll have comparing experiences and comparing perspectives and thoughts and really being able to help each other out by by giving different perspectives. And I think the more perspective, the more thoughtful and down-to-earth perspectives a person can have in these areas, the better off they are, just to give them kind of room to think a little bit, room to think for themselves and different ways to think about where they want their dating life to go and where, and, and by extension, where they want their marriage to go. It sounds so wonderful and so fundamental for our community to have. Are these services free? Do they have to pay for it? Well, they are free. Most of the, I would say most of the programs that Shalom Task Force run are covered by federal grants, and we do apply regularly for certain federal grants. We have some private funding as well. So the programs themselves are free to the public. Obviously, donations are more than welcome, but we usually, we usually don't ask for any specific uh, payment for the programs that we run. 
how long is your program that's geared towards singles as well as you know all the other programs that um, cover uh, the work that Shelm Task Force does have been around specifically for the singles? So the dating workshop that I just mentioned, that's a very recent one that we just finished developing that about three months ago and we launched it. Yeah, we have, we've done the, uh, we've done communications workshop the ones that I've developed, and some other more formalized dating workshops, which we've done in post-high school settings, which are a couple of years old, to the domestic violence awareness curricula. And they're constantly updated to respond to, to the times and to respond to the needs of the community, but they've been around in one form or another for years. You know, I, I don't know exactly how many, but definitely more than, more than five or six. Yeah, I believe they've been going into into high schools for even longer than that. Uh, well, as you know, this program is an interview. It's called Think Smart, Act Smart. So a few questions to ask, you know, your choice and the career that you've taken and, and the character traits that play a crucial role in your work. Which ones do play that crucial role? It's an interesting question, and I think that there are so many that play a crucial role. That it pro- Honestly, would probably play a crucial role in any field that anybody goes into, but I would say particularly in terms of my own, the interest in learning, my interest in has been has been key for me. And I think what's crucial to any therapist is the ability to really listen to someone else's story and really try to understand what their experience has been. I find that many times, you think about it, this, this, is, this is an interesting philosophical point. When I'm talking to you and you're talking to me, we're not really understanding necessarily each other's experience. We're not really putting ourselves into each other's experience. Generally speaking, if you're telling me a story about something that happened to you, I'll find an experience of my own, which pretty much lines up with what you're telling me. So I can basically understand what you're saying from my own experience. I can understand the feeling. I can understand maybe even the event to an extent. I think that one of the key traits to being a therapist and to working with people, certainly on an emotional level, is the ability to not just be stuck by relying on your own experiences to understand what someone else is saying, but to really try to put yourself into their shoes, into their experience, and hear it from their end of things. Take yourself out of your own experience and to really try to understand what they themselves have gone through. Be curious. Curiosity is key to working with other people and to, help, and to supporting them in going through whatever it is that they're going through and successfully. Curiosity, you have to be curious about what they're going through because otherwise it just gets so easy to rely on what you think you know about people, what your assumptions might be. So I'd say those, those are really two of the, two of the, the, the major things that, that play a role in what I do. And certainly a great trait to take away from the work that you're doing in application to relationships that we have, whether it's with uh, you know dating someone or anybody in our lives. So if you were to advise a young man or woman hoping to get married, which do's and which don'ts would you share? So there's a, there's a long list, honestly. I'll try to keep it down to just a, a more manageable few. In terms of what to do, I would say the first step to being able to get married really is to really think about what your motivations are. A lot of times people, and I, I referenced this before, but a lot of times people really, they, they, they kind of follow a life plan. You know, they, they kind of follow just like the script of what they assume they're supposed to be doing. They don't really necessarily think about it. Think about going to a commander's or a seminary. You're 19, it's time to do, you know, and, and so on and so forth. There's kind of almost scripted path that many of us walk to life particularly in terms of marriage, which is such an individual decision. It's such a personal event. It's so important to think about what you're hoping for in marriage, what you want out of marriage, what you hope marriage is going to accomplish for you, and what you hope you're going to grow from in a marriage. 
what are you going into it for? Like, I'll tell you, there's, it, this is not an uncommon story. There's one person I was working with, usual age, was dating for a good couple of years, and nothing was nothing was going. And what ended up happening was he ended up choosing pretty much a, a really a, a different life path because of where his life experience had led him to the point where now this guy, this person is is happily married. He would not have married the person that he married and been in the situation where he is had he just gone through with whatever scripted life path people were telling, like, okay, do this and things are going to work out. He had to, he had to be given the opportunity to walk his own path, to make his own choices, and to do what he needed to do in order to get to a place where he could really be a fulfilled person. And I think that there are a lot of people who really don't have that opportunity. The idea of going into something with your eyes open and going into something mindfully and intentionally can be, can, can, can be a real deal maker for many, many people. So that's one thing that I would say to do. Um, another thing that I would say to do is really be aware of your own feelings. You know, as we said before, we go in and we do, we, we talk about awareness of, of uh, and flags of, of abuse. Different flags of different colors are not just for abuse. There are going to be certain indicators that this is a good relationship that you have to be aware of. There are going to be different indicators of, well, okay, this is not a terrible relationship, but there are certain things that I don't like about it. Being in touch with how you feel about any given relationship is, is the, probably is the most important thing to be aware of if you want to have a healthy relationship and self-awareness. So, if, so that's another thing to really do. Be aware of who you are. Figure out how to connect on a level which is, which is authentically you. Don't shy away necessarily from conflict. There's a good way to have conflict and there's a bad way to have conflict. But avoiding conflict at all costs is, a, is not a recipe for success. Don't shy away from conflict. Do it right. Have a, have a conversation in the right way, but don't, don't just leave things by the wayside. If something is going to cause conflict, that means it's important to you and it's something that may need to be addressed. Is you have to dive in. You, know, you have to dive in. Don't think that your success is entirely up to you. Literally, Egypt was a superpower at the time. Think that things are going the way they're going because there is a plan. And we have to do whatever it is we have to do. We have to go through whatever emotions we have to go through. And to understand that our, the emotions that we go through are not necessarily what's going to bring about the end result. It's going to end up working out in the best way. So that, that's, a, that's, a, that's a big one. That's a big one on the list. That is so true, Mr. Krauss. Shalom Task Force. If anybody needs a confidential conversation, reach out to shalomtaskforce.org. They have a hotline that assists victims of domestic abuse and their families in obtaining and maintaining safety. They have highly trained advocates that help their callers address concerns about family abuse, sexual assault, healthy relationships, dating, and more. They provide emotional support, encouragement, safety planning, and referrals to local resources. To the same number. As the number, the number to call or to text to, we also also support WhatsApp, is 888-883-2323. It's 888-883-2323. Um, if they have any questions, they can always reach out to support at partnersinshadokham.com, and our office will be happy to um, assist them with the information. It's been a pleasure having you, Mr. Krause. And to all of you out there, if you, have a, if you know a single, if you are a single, please reach out to partnersinshadokham.com, create a profile, refer a friend, and we wish you a wonderful day.